All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our session on family oral history and smartphones. My name is Wes Fryer, and I go to church in Edmond, Oklahoma, at First Presbyterian Church. And let's open up with a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the amazing beauty of this morning and of this place. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to gather together for song and for worship, for meditation, and for learning. Um, I pray that you would bless the conversations that we have this day. I pray that you would inspire us uh, through your word um, to seek your son and to seek to do his work here on earth. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I am I'm thrilled that you are here and interested in hearing a little bit about family oral history. And I will share the link to these slides. If I, I don't have a handout, but if you Google my name, Wes Fryer, uh, the first thing that you'll find is my blog, and I have posted all of these slides um, online where you can click the links if you want to visit the links that I'll be sharing. And um, you can contact me. I think I ha uh, have some cards, but the, the, this, this uh, website here, uh, which has the word W-I-K-I, which in Hawaiian means fast, wiki, uh, wiki.westfire.com, I have a link to this presentation. So I want to start today by telling you a story about Fred McPherson, who was like a grandfather to me, although he was not a biological relative. Um, Fred was a really good friend of my grandparents um, on my mom's side, and, and I grew up uh, going to spend some summers with them in Itasca, Texas, which is near Hillsboro, and Fred was the hardware man in town. That photograph was in 1977 when I was seven and my younger sister had uh, just, just been a few months old, I think. Fred was born in South Texas and grew up very poor in the valley and was always interested in electronics. <coughs> um, told the story of uh, building his own radio set, a crystal set, and how cool it was on a clear night when they were able to put a trash can over the top in the garage and they could hear all the way to Omaha, Nebraska from down in the valley of Texas. And uh, Fred led a remarkable life, uh, became a radio man and joined the Signal Corps and during the Second World War went to a place called Oak Ridge, Tennessee that you may have heard of which was a secret location at the time because that's where they were preparing the bombs that would eventually be dropped on Nagasaki and on Hiroshima. And uh, Fred returned to Texas and uh, retired a multimillionaire, was the man he went to for air conditioning and refrigeration and all other kinds of appliance things. And the reason I can tell you those stories is because several years before he passed away, my parents went down and took a little audio recorder that they had, I think, bought at Walmart or Radio Shack, like this one, that cost about $50, and they recorded Fred talking for about an hour about his life and telling those stories. And so my parents are in Kansas. My dad's actually here this weekend. And uh, when they left Manhattan with my sister to drive down I-35, living in Oklahoma City to pick me up, to go on down to Texas, they had a CD that they put in the car. And so as we drove down I-35, we heard Fred telling his stories about growing up, about the crystal set. Um, it was really powerful. It was really powerful to have that remembrance of him in his own voice. You know, we'll have people tell us that a picture is worth a thousand words. And that is true to a degree, that there's a lot a picture can say, you probably wonder where I lost that plaid pants style, you know, if you look at that picture. But even though that picture communicates a lot, you don't hear Fred's voice when you see the photograph. And even though you might hear someone try to tell you about Oak Ridge, Tennessee, or how exciting it was in the early part of the century to hear a voice coming through the air from Omaha, Nebraska, all the way down to South Texas. There's nothing that can beat hearing Fred and hearing his voice share that. And so today, as we talk about oral history and we talk about smartphones and other things that we can use to record and share these stories, I, I want you to think about Fred 
Um, because we all probably have family members who we didn't interview, either because we didn't think of it, or maybe they didn't want to, or we didn't take the time. And so, praise God that, that we have some of, of Fred's story, and, and if only one of you will go and record someone else's story or your own story to share, um, and through that, not only will you learn about their life, but probably learn about their faith and about their witness, um, then today is, is a successful day. A couple years ago, two years ago, I had a chance to return to Philmont Scout Ranch with my son. I grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, and went to Philmont probably in 86 as a, as a scout, and then returned there as a ranger for uh, one of my summers at the Air Force Academy, and uh, after I graduated for, for a month. But it was really fun to come back as an adult advisor, Probably should have done a bit more exercise and preparation to get ready for the, you know, 10,000, I don't remember how, how big Phillips was, ten, you know, 10,000 10, feet, it wasn't uh, a 14er. But to keep a journal that summer, I decided not to write things down, but to use my phone. And so I used a free app, uh, that, there'll be several that I'll talk about today, called Audio Boo. It's like Halloween with a boo, except it's audio. And it lets you record up to three minutes for free, as many times as you want. And if you're not connected to the Internet, that's fine, because as soon as you are connected, then those are shared for free on their website, and you can put a picture with each one of those. So for each of the 12 days of our trek... I have a short little recording, and you can definitely hear the tired, <laughs> the tired voice and the days that were, you know, eight miles, which, uh, anyway, was, th there's that kind of memory. And the thing is, even though audio recording has been around for a while, we haven't all had in our pocket, or our wives if they have a purse, the ability to record that and share that audio with others. And so what I really want to encourage you to do following this weekend is get one of these apps on your phone. Give it a try. Record. And think about the moments and the memories that you can preserve. Maybe telling your story and your life story, but maybe also just interviewing one of your grandkids. Or interviewing your spouse. <coughs> Just sharing a little bit. I mean, wouldn't you just love to have your great-grandmother telling anything in her voice? I don't know if anybody has what the oldest recording is in your family, but we don't have any of that. But it would be amazing to hear them even share a little bit of what it was like to grow up, you know, their memories. What was church like, you know? How did, how did you meet Jesus? How did, what was your parents' faith? What do you remember? Those kinds of things. So I've shared some presentations in the past here at Mo Ranch, and it's a real blessing because, you know, I'm one person, and I'm a Christian and a, a follower of Christ, but professionally I don't talk about that a lot um, because I'm in schools and I'm at conferences where it's about educational technology, and they're not hiring me to come tell about my walk with Jesus. And so... The Mo Ranch Conference has been an opportunity to share about things that I'm very passionate about, which is oral history and our faith walk. Uh, but I think these have scared people. <laughs> because when we talk to um, Presbyterians particularly about testimony, and let's share your testimony, and then here, let's share this on YouTube. That can be a scary thing. And so I do have past presentations that I, last year was uh, telling your mission story with iPad video and some examples of mission trip video that were made with the iPad using pictures and then the idea of being a digital witness. So seriously, I don't want to scare you guys. <laughs> because, number one, <clears throat> technology is very overwhelming. Things have changed so quickly. When you look at how long it took for telephones to be in all the homes across the country, how long did it take for televisions, how long did it take... And, and, and the adoption lines for these things, as we've moved away from compact discs and CDs, now to MP3 digital players, 
It is crazy how fast this has come. So please do not be intimidated or scared by the, by the technology. What I want us to really focus on are the stories and the storytelling. You know, Jesse was, it was a great example today of storytelling, right? We're all probably going to remember pieces of what he shared this morning because he wrapped that inside stories, which is the way that great communicators have always help folks learn is through story. So today, in the hour that we have, I'd like to talk a little bit about the what, why, and how of family oral history and using your smartphone. And if we have time, uh, we may do a little bit of sharing and, and talking because there are some really simple and small questions that I think can inspire some great sharing and perhaps some of those may be things you can take back as you interview someone or tell your story or take this idea back to your church congregation. So let's start a little bit with the what of oral history and smartphones, and especially how that might pertain to the sharing of stories of faith. Um, I think this topic for me brings together three loves um, of, of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit of oral history and of mobile technology. How many of you can remember growing up interviewing someone or having someone tell you a story about their life experiences? Did anybody ever talk to a veteran uh, of, a, of a previous war who told you a story about their experiences? I remember growing up in Manhattan, Kansas, we had um, a crossing guard just a few blocks who, who lived just like three houses down from us who was the crossing guard for a number of years. His name was Mr. Kitterman. And one of the assignments that we had in high school, probably as a sophomore or a junior, was to interview a veteran and then write down what their story was. Well, I had never heard about Anzio Beach before. I didn't know about the soft underside of Italy and the invasion that preceded Normandy. As a Kansan, you learned about Eisenhower and Operation Overlord and all of you know that. But I hadn't heard about Anzio. And I will never forget a little bit about Anzio because Mr. Kitterman was there. And what I learned then and have, I think, had reinforced since is when we sit down and have someone share their story with us, it, it, can, it can be an experience that we don't forget. There are a lot of educational experiences which are easily forgettable. You know, you can probably think back to instructors and professors that you had, teachers that you had, and it may just be a blur. You know, what did I learn in such and such? You remember the teachers you had that you always liked to get off track to tell you stories? Did you ever have someone like that, that if you could get them to tell about the war, if you could get them to tell about the stories? Why did you like that so much? Well, because our brains are wired for stories. We've gathered around campfires, and we've drawn pictures, and we've told stories forever. So, there's really, even though we've got all this technology, the experience of being able to hear someone tell their story is an inherent good. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but there's this good that comes from that. But today, we have the chance to have that recorded. And see, Fred is gone, but the audio recording of him telling his story is still here. And that kind of opportunity should not be squandered. And the fact that, that many of us have a device that will not only let us record, but readily share with others around the world is just unbelievable. So, there's a lot of things we don't know about the future, but I think one we can predict with confidence is that mobile, handheld technology is going to continue to grow and evolve and revolutionize the way we communicate with each other, that we access news. How many of you use a tablet or a smartphone to text message, to be able to send messages to loved ones? 
How many of you are getting some news? Who's watching the Thunder game tonight? Right? We had guys on the bus last night saying, I've got the Thunder app and I'm going to be... They have Wi-Fi? Where do I go for Wi-Fi? I kept talking about the Mavericks the whole time last night. They were, one of them actually ran up to the building up here to check the score. <laughs> and, you know, one of the great things about Mo Ranch actually has been a disconnect from that technology. Because it's, yeah. you know, we are so connected now. I don't know about you, but I feel naked when I leave without my phone or when it's not in the right, you know, it's the wrong pot. Where is it, you know? Yeah. And it's going to become more and more a part of, of who we are. It's like an extension of our mind. And there are so many opportunities that this presents to share this, to share Christ, to share our lives, to share our experiences. So I would define family oral history as recording the life stories of others and our own. And it's important to not just say others, because that's how we might think about this is, well, I'm, and it's great to do. I need to go interview Grandma so-and-so. I need to go interview Uncle so-and-so. But I want you to think about telling your own story as well, because your child or grandchild may not come to you on Monday and say, Gordy, I'd like to interview you. But you may be thinking after this session more about some stories that you want to tell. Don't think about this as a huge, grandiose project. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to plan for a year to do this. No, you're not. What are some stories that you remember from your childhood that are funny? What are some stories that you remember being told as a child by your mom or dad? Or by your grandfather or grandmother that maybe you've shared with your kids but they probably don't remember it in the detail that you do and if you record it you give an opportunity for a perfect digital copy to be preserved we'll talk a little bit about formats but think about this not only as something you might go and do with others but something that you can do yourself or, or together with your, your spouse and others in your family. How many of you have seen Ken Burns' presentation, The War, about World War II? If you haven't seen this, it is really masterfully done. Ken Burns is, as far as I know, the, the preeminent digital storyteller of our time. He's the one that we've coined the Ken Burns effect because when he did his documentary about the Civil War, we didn't have any moving video at Civil War time. So how do you bring alive photographs of Abe Lincoln you know, visiting the front? You pan on this picture and move inside the picture. And that was something that Ken Burns started when he did that documentary. He's done a lot of, of documentaries. This particular documentary about World War II takes the stories from, I'm pretty sure, five different locations and then individuals who served in those communities and tells not only their story in the war, whether that was in the European theater or the Pacific theater, but the story at home and the stories of the families. And I want to say this is five hours we live in this time where so much, so much of what we consume are sound bites. It's quick. It's fast. We were talking at dinner last night about elections and politics and you know, strategies that, that uh, perhaps folks need to take in order to convince the public. It's great to hear a long story. It's wonderful to have a tale unwrapped over time. And I think it's a gift that to, to be able to hear stories that are told, in this case, not only with audio, but also with video. And, and to just have a chance to not only learn about history, but emotionally connect to the lives of other people. Because that's what this is about. This is about lives and human experience. It's not just about numbers and dates and places. Question or comment? I'm curious, can you click on those four, are those four individuals? Right. Inside, when uh, we bought the DVD. Some PBS Ken Burns is available, you know, free and media is changing. We, I've, I've seen some things now on uh, Apple TV. He did the National Parks. 
and sometimes they're available for a time. We, we, and you can check them out from the library as well. But these are DVDs that, yes, you can go to um, the different you know, segments and, and uh, portions of it and you know, follow individual storylines. And then there's also the additional features you know, that are added to it. I just can't speak highly enough of this particular documentary and you know, documentary films in general. I'm, I really love them. Comment. This is actually on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Ah, Great. Okay, gotcha. All right. Our family cut cable two years ago when we moved yeah. actually from Edmond into North Oklahoma City, and Netflix is uh, how we watch most of our media, except when it's tornado season, and then we turn on our antennas. So <laughs> our shelter, by the way, is being installed May 27th. My family is very excited about that. Uh, something else I'm going to mention to you: How many of you listen to audiobooks? or you listen to, to downloaded audio, like podcasts. The Pritzker Military Library is located in Chicago, and they have a series called the Medal of Honor series. And let me tell you, if, if you want to get a perspective on blessings and thankfulness, you know, listen to a Medal of Honor winner tell about their experiences. It just is so humbling and... You know, it's just, again, it's like an inherent good. Do I do this all the time? No. Do I have an app on my phone that lets me download those so that when I'm in the car, if I want to, I can hit play and pick up wherever I left off with that story? Absolutely. So there are lots and lots of fantastic resources for learning and connecting that are, that are available and out there. But these are the professionally created products, right? This is professionally curated by the historians at the Pritzker Military Library. The Ken Burns stuff, that's the pinnacle of documentary work. I don't think we want to leave this genre of oral history just to the professionals. And so the last seven years or so, I've been involved in Oklahoma in, and also in Kansas and Texas in a variety of oral history projects, uh, mainly through some grants that we have through the schools. One of these is called Celebrate Oklahoma Voices, and over several years of workshops with teachers, we help teachers create now 978 short, usually three to five minute uh, videos that are narrated slideshows. So these are not videos that you you know shoot full motion. They're pictures that have a narration, and many of those are interviews with folks that are talking about something that happened in their lives. You might not be surprised. We have some pretty exciting storm stories about tornadoes, and we have veteran stories and. In fact, I should have I should have searched. Maybe I will really quick here to see if you, uh, depending upon how people label their videos, you can uh, you know search for a keyword like faith or God. And even though this what these were for school, people were able to interview folks and talk about a variety of different things. So I'm at a question. Um, so. For these, did you how did, how are these made? Were those are those like PowerPoint presentations with with all the audio included in them, or are they? Sorry, Most of these were, were used with Photo Story Three, which is a free app that Microsoft had. Now there's an iPad app. There's several, but the one that is our favorite and my favorite is called Explain Everything, and it works on the Android and on the iPad. And iPhone two or just iPad. Explain everything is just iPad. Gotcha. It's not doesn't work on the smaller one. Um, here, this one's one minute and forty eight seconds. We'll listen to this. Faith in Action by Caitlin in June twenty ten. Actually, though, I may have to load this up in a. We'll see how well it buffers. You said Explain Everything can uh, be downloaded to Android? No, uh, well, yes, Explain Everything is the is the best digital storytelling. It is noon on April 22nd, 1889, when the cannons fire. The rate is on for the unassigned lands. What 
I'm going to pause this for a second and let that buffer. And actually, it, it, this is kind of an ad hoc thing to say, hey, let's load it up. And it depends on how fast our, our internet is. Um, Other people are using it. Yeah. And then normally I'll download a video like that that I'm going to I'm going to show in in a presentation. I've, I'm gonna, I've got some other audio, um, but uh, you know these aren't aren't super long. They're not um, you know these these involve bit, uh, images as well, um, and it takes some time to create those. But that that it it's it's compelling to do, and it's something that I I want to continue working on because I think. You know, the stories of not only our family, but those in our community. Uh, sometime I want an app where I can just open the app and what are the stories of Mo Ranch? You know, what's the story of the uh, Manor House? Tell me the story about the wrought iron. You know, there's all these different stories. So there's um, a Celebrate Kansas Voices project, which has over 500 videos. And a friend of mine who's a professor at Kansas State has done a lot of that with her pre-service teachers and we've done one workshop in Texas. It was a couple years ago in Lubbock. Um, but there's some amazing, wonderful stories about the South Plains and um, about folks uh, growing up on the South Plains that have been shared there. I want to, however, really emphasize and, and encourage you to, to think about the simplicity of audio. And so a project that I started a number of years ago, 2008, when I was a deacon in our church and worked with the youth deacons, was this, this project called Stories of Faith. And basically, you know, there's stuff going on in our church all the time that people don't get to hear about. There's mission stuff going on. There's things going on with the youth. There's stuff going on with small groups. The Holy Spirit is at work in so many ways. Yet, if it's not talked about on a Sunday morning from the pulpit, a lot of people don't know about it. So what are we going to do about this? Well, I think one thing we should do is we should use our devices to record stories because unlike television and radio that say, oh, I'm sorry, we've got to cut to commercial. Oh, I'm sorry, we've only got five minutes. There is no time limit with this. And what I've found with audio is that when you have a recorder like this and you set it down, it's easier to forget about it and to just talk and listen. If I have a camera, whether that's an iPad or whatever, it's scarier because that camera is right there looking at you. And honestly, for a lot of stories... It's not that interesting to see someone's talking head. That's why when you see documentaries or any, any kind of show where someone's being interviewed, they'll do an A shot, a, it's called an a A-roll shot, where it establishes, this is Gordy. And then Gordy's talking about where he grew up, and we start to see pictures of his family home or his community. That's called a B-roll shot. But you don't even have to get that fancy. Capturing the audio is something that is very doable. It's less scary. It also has a smaller file size, which means it's just easier to work with. Videos get really big, especially on smartphones and tablets. Um, the, so on the iPhone, that voice memos app, do you have any um, experience or, or recommendations or comments on that? Is that, a, is that a useful or is that kind of just to avoid that one type of... Well, I, I've got... There are six apps that I'll recommend and um, the one I like the best, I'm actually using it right now, is, is called iTalk Recorder. Okay. Um, I've, I've used it a lot more. I have the voice memos... You can email, but I think it cuts things off, and okay. the iTalk recorder is the one. But I've, but I've got a few recommendations there. So this isn't, like, filled with hundreds of these. There are several, I mean, I don't know, there are probably 15 of these. Um, some of them are with members of the church talking about mission projects that they've done. Uh, some of them are church members talking about trials they faced in life and how the Lord helped them through them. Um, the one that I was playing as we started was, is probably my favorite of all time, and it's with Ella Mae Miller, who had turned 90 just, I think, recently before I did that in 2008. And um, 
She was one of the first Presbyterian missionaries to go to Iran. She was there in like 49, 50, and 51. And uh, I'm going to forward to the to this point. To, I'll try to to seven minutes into it, where she starts talking about joy. I'm talking about food here first, but. Um, what would you say were some of the most joyful memories that you ever that you ever had? There's a long pause here, but that's okay. There's not a time limit. We hear the prompting of the daughter, which is also a helpful thing. Yeah, that wasn't wonderful part. pictures there because those pictures you know cause memories to come up to be able to ask uh, questions how old was she when I was recording I think she had just turned 90 wow. so Dale do you know how old she is now she's 95 right now yeah and I don't know if we were to have the interview today if all these same stories you know she would she would be able to share those so that's something else that I'll mention later too but don't wait don't wait because you never know what's going to happen to anyone, and there are opportunities um, that that we can uh, take advantage of. Holiday times, get together for Thanksgiving, get together for Christmas. You know, talk about this. Hey, we want to start recording some stories. You know, have folks gather around, turn on a recorder, tell some stories. Have you always done this spontaneously? Have you ever like 
created a list of questions and given it to the person. Yes, and I'll share with you, StoryCorps is a project that's a nationwide program, and they have some really good questions. I'll share the link. They call theirs the Great Question List. But we did, when I was working with the youth deacons uh, to do this project, um, I'd asked them to interview someone about their faith, and so we had some questions. And what I like to do with the questions to try to is to just have them very short and succinct, but, you know, poignant ones that are going to that are going to lead to some good stories. So that one about joy, have you been scared? You know, it doesn't have to be a super long question. Um, and wait time is really important, right? And because, you know, you think about that right now. What, what are some of the most joyful moments of your life? Well, something may pop in your head right away, but you may need to think about that for a while. And if you can have the questions in advance... You know, they, they sort of marinate in your head a little bit and more things will come to mind because you're prepared for it. I'll preface this with I'm Wes's dad, but to the, the start with uh, Fred McPherson, uh, with my wife there too, that we told Fred we were going to do this. It was about day three, and it was after dinner, and he's sitting at the uh, dining room table. And like Wes said, we had this, we got at a radio shack and, uh, and, and started it. And about five minutes into that, you'll hear Fred says, well, when are we going to start this? No, we're already going. <laughs> but but the, the thing really with, and of course, uh, my wife, Andy, was much closer to Fred. But I mean, you know, she'd say something, and I'd think of something, and, and that back and forth. It, it just it just enriched it so much more. This, uh, this past fall, my... Uh, 87-year-old brother-in-law who was a World War II veteran uh, passed, and uh, we never had done that with him, but my, my sister, who was 86 years old, uh, we did the same thing, you know, just to yeah. try to capture it. Right. So when kids, like for a school assignment, go and talk to someone that they don't know, that conversation is very different than if a family member is there who can help remind and tell about that story. And, and is that all about that? Or, you know, they can do that. So that's a, I think that's, that's a pro tip, you know, that's a freebie for you today. Uh, do that as you're, as you're interviewing folks. Um, I, st- I, ha- I started a little project that really hasn't developed that much, but I still think it's a great project uh, that, I, that I called Three Minutes About Jesus. And uh, it's just, you know, this is the part that's really scary. If we say to many Presbyterian congregations, it's going to be time for testimonies, you know, there may be folks just heading for the doors. Maybe not to, if they're listening, but if you're saying, here's the mic, you know, we shouldn't be scared of that, right? Testimony, witness. Why is Jesse such a compelling communicator? Well, I would say in part, well, number one, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, but he he shares stories of his life, right, out of his own experiences that are authentic and real. And so we have chances to do the same thing, to share about our lives, to share about our experiences. Maybe not preaching at a Mo Ranch men's conference. That's another great thing about audio. It's not as scary to have that sit on the table and talk to somebody sitting across drinking a coffee with you. That's a lot less intimidating. So Tim Peterson, who I've taught Sunday school with at our church, uh, left the Navy, and uh, that, that's a traumatic time. If any of you, job transition of any kind, military career of 20 years, you know, uh, ended up joining Southwest Airlines, but you know we talked about this project, and he said, "Hey, I'll I'll share share a testimony about that." And so there's a there's a few of these. Again, there's not a ton. Is this a doable thing in your church congregation? You have the tools, smartphones. They can all record video, or have an app for audio. Do you have stories about God's Holy Spirit at work in your church? Yes, you do. It's a very doable thing, but it takes folks being the catalyst, I think, for saying, hey, would you share that? Can I capture that? Could we share that with our church family? Um, On iPad missions, how many of you have been on a mission trip of any kind, domestic here in the States or overseas? Um, My wife and I met on a mission trip to Tijuana, Mexico, when we lived in Lubbock and were part of the Westminster Presbyterian church family there, amazing things happen on mission trips. Transformative things happen on mission trips. People, people get married after mission trips. Wow. We, 
God is at work all around us every day. But sometimes it takes going to a different place, doing work with other Christians, and really being outside your box to have your eyes open to the reality of God. God is real. God's Holy Spirit is real. My middle daughter is in communicants class for confirmation right now as an 8th grader. And it's one of the things I've been wondering. She's going on a mission trip this summer to Pahuska in June. And one of the things I'm praying for is that she will see God's work in a transformative way in her life. And so when you are on a mission trip or you just come back from a mission trip, there are stories that you can tell that have lots of detail in them. I like the word granular details, like grains of sand. Some of the things that make stories most powerful are those little details. And if you wait a year after you get back, guess what? You probably remember the gist, but you don't remember the grains. But you've got them when you're on the trip and right when you come back. So, this is imminently doable. We have folks going on mission trips today, taking hundreds if not thousands and thousands of pictures. Yet, oftentimes, those pictures simply get set to music, which can be emotional and compelling. But it's not powerful in the same way as to hear them share what did it mean to these kids in Kenya to get a pencil. What is it like, um, you know, working at the Rolling Green apartment complex, not far from our church, Establishing relationships with families through hot dog suppers in the evening where we just bring out hot dogs and, and sometimes hoses and jump, jump castles and other kinds of things and, and just play and fellowship. Um, you don't get that when you just have pictures set to music. Everything you record with a device doesn't end up being amazing, right? But here's something I've learned, another really important trick. If you record a lot of stuff you end up getting some really compelling stuff. You go on a mission trip with your church and you challenge everybody, even if it was just one time, to record a little video journal entry. I bet you'll be amazed at what is recorded and then the chance that you have to take those recordings and share those with others, right? Not only on the internet to watch on a smartphone, that could be in the, in the service for everybody to see. So, that was a lot about the, the what, and we got 12 or uh, 16 minutes to talk about the rest of this, the why. Um, Psalms 96.3, this was a verse our pastor preached on, I think, two Sundays ago, and I love this. And I said, this is, this is digital witness. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. I'm not saying don't do that face to face. I'm not saying just have your face in your smartphone and never talk to your spouse at mealtime again. I'm not saying that. But I am saying what an opportunity this presents for us to publish and share. How many of you are on Facebook? Okay, of course, kids now are moving away from Facebook. They're using Snapchat and Instagram and other kinds of apps. But we have opportunities to have touch points with people's lives now that we just didn't have before. Okay, that was, that's my uh, cousin that lives in Round Rock, uh, you know, sharing some pictures from, from yesterday of their girls. What are we going to share? In the past, publishing was only reserved for a small, select group of people in our society. You work at the radio station, you work at the television station, you're a publisher. You're a a book author who got your book accepted by a publisher. Who can be a publisher today? Every single one of us. Who is a publisher today? Every single one of us who forwards an email, who posts something on Facebook. By the way, do you have friends that in retirement have become professional joke forwarders? Do you have any of those? Oh my gosh. Okay. My my brother. My mother-in-law. Any tremendous technology is capable of tremendous abuse. Now, I'm not going to say joke forwarding is abuse. It's not. But sure. But seriously, we were like, oh my gosh, enough with the jokes, right? That's why setting up a filter on your email is so powerful. 
keep sending me the jokes, I'm going to put them over here in this box. And when I want to look at them, I'll look at them. Or you created a second email address and make that one your main one. That's my side one. We're all publishers. What are we publishing? What are we sharing? Not only can we record these stories for us and our family, but potentially, when we get permission, and this brings up issues about getting permission and those kind of things, we can share those with the world. Matthew 18, or sorry, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are all very experienced in face-to-face learning face-to-face teaching. That's pretty much all we had. We had video and we had movies and some things. But today, there are so many ways we can blend our learning with technology. And so sharing stories and having those available are a powerful way to teach others about Jesus, about the Gospel, and about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Teaching through stories. Um, We had a chance to visit San Diego a few years ago in the carrier that's on display there, and we met Ed Wittendorf, who is a a U.S. Navy ace. And again, I don't think I'll ever forget those stories. I don't know. My kids were kind of young, and they may forget some of those. We recorded some of those. It's, it's, It's impossible for me to get those stories out of my brain because of the experience of being there, but also just because they're recorded, and I can go back to those. And lastly... Sorry? That was the midway? Yeah, right. It's the one on display there at uh, at San Diego Harbor. I had had something similar like that happen once, and I did not record it. I didn't... I missed that opportunity. Looking back after this, I totally wish I had, but um, we went to to D.C. We're at the Smithsonian, um, and the the World War II part of one of the museums, I forget which museum it was, and we were um, passing a uh, a glider, one of those gliders that they had on display, and there was a veteran standing there looking at it. And um, I just, you know, I usually make a point to go tell them all thank you. And I got to talking to one of them. And that was actually the glider he was on. Gosh. And I, you know, I beat myself up ever after that, not for not, you know, doing a little interview with him or taking a recording of it. Well, it's important to always ask for permission. Ed was a a, a docent that was there, but I mean, he's there to share his story, right? Mm -hmm. He's there to, you know, find listening ears who want to hear about experiences that, that he had years and years ago. So that's, that's where being equipped, right? We want to equip disciples. I want to equip you with some apps that you can have on your device. So when the opportunity presents itself, hey, we're together for Thanksgiving. The meal's over. The game might be over. Oh, what are we going to do? Well, let's let's tell some stories. I'd like to share two things real quick. This an example of not doing it right and then doing it right. But my, my mother sat in our living room and watched live, watched Neil Armstrong step on the moon. And she told us a story that uh, when she was a little girl, I took a trolley car to the Purdue University campus where they had a big lawn area. And she actually saw the Wright brothers flying the same plane they wrote, they flew first time they were going to different campuses raising money for more research wow and she said well I don't remember if it was either Wilbur or Orville I don't remember which one it was I wish I had recorded her talking about it but she was interviewed by this Fort Worth Star Telegram that was on the front page of the second section wow so I keep a copy that's one documentation another example my dad told stories of on the farm in South Dakota and I think one thing I don't necessarily recommend this but he had two shots with Jack Daniels Oh. And, and that really well let me going back to your first story you can still tell the story it's a one-off story it's a one-off story because you weren't there but you heard her share it and therefore you remember more about that than your children and grandchildren will so I was, I was just as you were talking I was just thinking that very thing yes yes absolutely I'm jumping to the how that you've got down there to do this, you did Flickr.com based photos is one of your recommendations. If no, I'll, that's just the pictures. I'm, I'm doing attribution for where these pictures are. Yeah, okay. If you want to go see them, so the, uh, the I'll get to the six apps here. 
Hebrews 10, 23-25 Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Love that. And I totally see this this idea of, of oral history and recording and sharing stories in that, in that verse. We encourage each other and we can encourage each other through our testimonies and our witness about God. Um, according to the Pew Internet Research Project, as of January 2014, 90% of American adults have a cell phone. 58% of us have a smartphone. What does that mean? It means oops, over half of us can publish audio and video at will. Not only record it, but put it into global circulation. This was a presentation at our church that I used my iPad to live stream, and then we had the recording put on YouTube for others who weren't in attendance. This is not something that is unreachable. These devices are becoming more and more common. They're becoming, they're still expensive, but they're becoming less expensive. And if you have an internet connection and you can record, not only can you have that locally shared, you can share it with others. These are tremendous ways to use technology to share Jesus. If you haven't seen the stained glass in the chapel here at Mo Ranch, please do that. I think it's a fascinating thing to look at architecture and churches and the ways in which stained glass and images have been used forever to tell stories, to communicate in part with an illiterate mass of people who weren't going to read the word in Latin, who might not understand the homily in Latin, but they were going to be able to see images and be told stories and remember and connect. And we have such potential to do that today with our tools. So, the how. I've already mentioned this, but I want to encourage you to think about audio over video. Yes, your smartphone and your tablet can record video. Guess what? It's hard to record high-quality video. The only Hollywood film to ever be, I think, produced without any planning was called The Blair Witch Project. I don't recommend you see it. A couple kids just grabbed a camera and went in their backyard and started to make a film. You know, they jerked all around and moved all around. I mean, seriously, it, it takes a lot of planning and, and tripods and other things to keep cameras still to create high-quality video. I'm not saying don't do it. You can create some compelling video. If you do, get close to the person. And I like to, to be able to have the clips uh, interspersed. It, it's more visually interesting to see different people kind of in a series, and you can do that on your, sm- on your smartphone or your tablet. But think about audio. Audacity is a free program for your laptop or desktop that is a multi-track audio editor. And I've probably made over six or 700 podcasts in the last 10 years, and I would say 98 to 99% of them I have edited with this. I have a Mac with GarageBand, but this is, you know, GarageBand was made more with music in mind. This is an audio track editor. It's fantastic. And it lets you, if you need to, you know, clean things up a little bit. With some of those stories of faith, we have a little introduction. You know, sometimes we have a little music. We got a little fancy. You don't have to, right? You can just have the audio, but uh, that's, a, that's really a, a good tip. So here are six different apps, most, all of which work on the iPhone. A couple of them work on Android. And I have made a linked list on Listly for these so that you can click on these. Uh, to be able to go to them. My number one favorite app now is called iTalk Recorder. It's what I'm recording this session with now. There is a paid version. I just use the free version, and it records in a high, you know, high quality. Um, I've learned to put my phone on airplane mode <laughs> because if, and I'm not going to get this here, Mo Ranch, but if I would get a phone call or get a text message, it cuts off the recording. So put it on airplane mode. That stops you from getting you know, incoming calls. And just hit record. And you know, I, I use this all the time to record different things. And you know, sometimes I'll share them out. Sometimes I won't. But that is my number one go-to app. And it has a complimentary app that you use on your laptop or your desktop. And when you're connected to the same Wi-Fi network... Uh, and I'm not sharing mine, it looks for your phone, and then you, you have to 
you know, give it permission. You click on it and it says, do you grant permission to trust this computer? And then you can transfer back and forth. So it works wirelessly, um, and that's all free. That doesn't cost me anything. There's a paid version of that app, but I just use the free version. It's called iTalk. And this is just a, an Apple product. That one is. There's, several, there's a couple of these that work on, on, on Android as well. Recordium Pro is one that I have just played with a little bit, but it is a lot fancier even letting you edit it on your phone. Now, some people say that's a little bit like painting on a grain of rice, you know, when you're sitting there on your phone trying to edit. Um, I like to do my editing on a laptop, but uh, this also lets you highlight things, and it's used a lot for lectures to be able to get to different sections. You can bookmark parts of the audio, and so I would put that probably as, as the top sort of fanciest app for recording. And then this one, if, you, if you're on a trip, let's say you're on a mission trip, and you want to produce your, your audio on the trip, uh, this is called Boss Jock Studio, and it's a full podcasting studio app. It's 10 bucks, which that's really expensive for an app for the iPhone or the iPad. But I've used this to produce uh, audio radio shows that we put on the web, and they can have different parts where you have this segment, and you can even have little jingles or audio bumpers. And, and so that's it. For, for those of you that are our, our, uh, our pro cutting-edge folks, then you can check that out. So here's the one that I would recommend uh, for everybody for sharing. It's called SoundCloud. Has anybody heard of SoundCloud? It's used a lot for music. It is free to use. You have so much that you can upload and share. What's amazing about SoundCloud, like AudioBoo, is you can record 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and with your account, it's not only saved on your phone, it's saved in the cloud, hence the name SoundCloud. So you're saving it out so that others can access. You can keep it private, but you can also have it public. And it's crazy, but with that one link, who gets to listen to it? Anybody who's connected to the Internet where that site's not blocked. We do have schools in our country, believe it or not, that do block lots of things. Uh, Iran and other places, you know, China. Uh, things are blocked, and there's, there are, there's reasons for some of that. But basically, if you've got an internet connection, you can click and listen to it. Um, the one I've used the most with teachers recently is called Spreaker. Spreaker, um, I'm 95% sure Spreaker has a, um, an app for Android. Um, it, I've used it on a Windows tablet. It, it allows you to have 10 hours of audio um, for free, and then you can start, start paying. But anyway, that's my fifth app. And my last one that I know 100% is available for Android, for Windows Phone, as well as for iPhone and iPad, is called AudioVoo. Um, I haven't ever paid for an account. The free accounts let you have three minutes. So we've used that on trips to do short little recordings. Well, we had a family reunion in Hawaii a couple years ago, and we were at the USS... Um, Oklahoma Memorial, and we were at the USS Arizona. And I won't play that today, but my daughter was there looking into the water and telling about her seeing, you know, the bodies are still down there, but their bodies went down and their spirits went up. It was priceless to hear a four-year-old talk about this, right? That happened because we were there in that location, and I had that app on my phone. Um, and I tell my wife in all seriousness, in a few short years when our kids are gone, we're going to sit back and listen to these recordings of you know, our kids when we went on trips and we recorded things. What about the generic things like uh, Google Keep or Evernote? Don't those both let you record audio? Right. Evernote is a, is a great app. You can do some sharing. I haven't used the audio features a lot with Evernote. I think it might be a pro feature when you start adding media or how much space that you have. I'm not positive. Um, but yes, I mean, and that's the thing. There, there are a ton of apps. Don't be overwhelmed by the number. Just find one and, and start using it, and then you can dabble with some other ones. So I'll caution you about formats. Who's used Super 8 movies before? Does anybody have any Super 8 movies in their basement? My dad does still, right? Some of them were converted by somebody, you know, but we have a danger of the format being bypassed. And, and like those movies right now, we don't have a projector that can play Super 8 movies. So if we want to see, do you? Okay, well, we need to get together then. But, but this is an important thing to think about. So, yes, you can burn a CD. I think CDs are probably going to be around a while, but... You see what's happening now with MacBook Air laptops and well, I forget what Windows calls them. There's, Dell has a word for them, Chromebook. They're, they're taking them out, right? You don't always get a CD player. So 
Think about MP3. That's what this recorder does. It makes a digital file that you can, yes, put on a CD, but you can also have that on a website or link it somewhere else. To the question point that you asked, StoryCorps has the best list I've seen. It's called the Great Questions List. And you can actually click on um, different categories of questions, raising children, growing up, war, family heritage. And they have a question generator where you say, are you interviewing um, someone uh, about their life or are you going to talk about someone who's passed on? And then the questions will be generated and you can print those out, give them to them in advance, you can use those. What might stop you from doing this? Well, there's all kinds of things, right? We're all busy people. We all lead busy lives. We've all got lots of commitments. But there is inherent good in asking folks to tell us about their lives and to tell us about their faith and to tell us about about their experiences. And so I, I just encourage you, with whatever might stop you, don't, don't let it stop you. Take the next step to record some of those. Um, we're not going to do this because I took a little too much time at the beginning, but this is a great question to start with when you talk with someone. And I'm, I'm uh, stealing this gratuitously from the um, Center for Digital Storytelling that's based in Berkeley, California. This is what they use for their digital storytelling workshops. What was a major turning point or decision point in your life that with hindsight you could share some insight and wisdom about? You can generate some really good conversation and stories from that kind of a question. So my closing challenge to you is years from now, when you are gone physically from this earth, what audio memories of your life do you want to leave for your great, great, great grandchildren? When will you be old enough, and I speak this to myself too, to have the courage to share your faith on a digital recording for posterity? Maybe that day is today. Maybe it's tomorrow. Remember, Fred, record your story now. Thanks. Thank you. So you, like you said, if I remember, is Google West Prime.